Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everyone to I'll be one of cool fans of football podcast. Uh, brought to you by fake teams. <laughs> I am your humble host, the consummate professional. Once said Alvin Kamara wouldn't be worth a first round pick. Doubter if Eli Manning's Hall of Fame resume is going to make bloop a thing. The old married guy, Pete Rogers, joined by some of the guys. We have the caster of the double reverse chutzpah, the man who single-handedly destroyed the Jaguar season, the champion of Dagos everywhere, the founder, president, and treasurer of the Gotta Chubb for Nick Chubb fan club, Mr. Independent Drinker Clark Barnes, and along with the master of sources, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner, the future ring bearer, Aaron Rodgers, and Danica Patrick's wedding, gets aroused by offensive line play, the working girl, Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, Pete. Ready to make a run at that thousand dollar cash prize for winning the RB one fantasy football league. Woo, man, one more week it. left. Wow, <laughs> it is scintillating. It is we a are, great battle so far. We're burning our entire yeah. uh, fake team's budget on giving one of you two a thousand dollars, which, uh, as a <laughs> frauded risk analyst, is highly fraudulent. Is, by the way, doesn't yeah. really bode well that the prize of our of our uh, fake team's league was going to one of us. But that's okay. I don't know if you were watching like the app and the score updates over the weekend, Clark, but there were several times when we were projected the same score. So it, it's been quite the back and forth. I wasn't, but I really hope we tie. That would, <laughs> like for the third tie of the league. Clark would be happy to have just the five hundred dollars then. Yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't even need the full thousand. Just five hundred would be nice. Yeah, I, I, I try really that. hard not to watch, um, not to watch apps while I'm watching the games. So I just kind of checked in Sunday night. And was was like, okay, I actually need you to crush me this week so that I can win in my other leagues because <laughs> I'm playing everyone that I'm playing against. So hopefully, you'll jump out to a first week lead. Those other leagues must be uh, two thousand dollars cash. Prize. Right, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the price is a lot sum. steeper. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clark. The listeners at home obviously can't see because they are listening, but you have your lucky hat on and it looks very good. I asked the version of Guadalupe. Yeah, it looks. it looks it looks nice on you. But Breaking what's the big guns? What's the what's the reasoning for it? We need Michael Thomas to get 16 and a half or more points in standard. Okay. And we need Alvin Kamara to maintain my half a point lead on Christian McCaffrey tonight. It's fair. Okay. Too doable, but but that's that's a lot riding on this game. I I am I need hate to break it to you, Clark, but I need Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore to have the two greatest games of their career. Uh, So we'll see what happens. I I tweeted it out. We tweeted it on the fake teams account, and it was just like, "What do you need to happen on Monday night?" 
to, to win your matchup. And I loved, oh my God, I love some of the responses. I want to bring them up so that we can. I only need video. 83 from the <laughs> it's, Carolina some of them are defense. Just ex- exceptional. Where just the amount that like people need, like one guy, I need 56 from Christian McCaffrey tonight to win. <laughs> Michael oh. Thomas needs to go in cardiac arrest and Moore gets 200 yards with five touchdowns. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. It's It's been a rough week. T- plenty of single digit performances, even in like half point PPR leagues. And it's pretty damn wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's- so last week, readers may, uh, listeners may remember me deciding on the podcast effort. I'm putting in Houston from on Buffalo. I'm doing it. I'm sitting Kenny Galladay. And that would have been the right move <laughs> if I hadn't decided late Sunday morning, I'm going with Jordy Nelson. I just have to. Jordy Nelson was not terrible. He did okay. But I I don't I don't have like a mirror second string lineup in this mm-hmm. league, but I, I made the worst choices I could at every position. And that's why I need 17 for Michael Thomas, which yep. makes me feel like yep. The Virgin de Guadalupe might deliver. Like, it's already miraculous. It could happen. I'm in the exact same boat. I'm currently in the last place bracket, uh, currently in last place in the battle for to not lose this league uh, with a bunch of my friends. Uh, and I made all the wrong decisions there, too. I started Leonard Fournette over David Johnson because I was like, uh, David Johnson, what have you done for me r- lately? Um, and then, and now I need Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore to get me basically 60 points. Let's just root for DJ Moore to have a huge game. I can get behind that. No Christian McCaffrey. I'm okay with Christian McCaffrey, you know, just chilling just, a little bit tonight. Just doing nothing. That's fair. Uh, it's a perfect segue that you, Jordan, brought up the fact that everyone, that this is kind of a down week for fantasy football um, because we'll just move right into the You Help No One Awards for this week. And there are, there were a lot of nominees. And I mean, you, I'm sure everyone who played this year, this week has at least like two people on their team that they'd love to put forward as a nomination. Um, I tried my best to pick people as unbiased as I could. I put in at least (laughs) one person in there who directly affected my team. Um, but these are some guys, some people who I feel like had maybe the maximum impact on teams. Uh, and feel free to go off book this week, you guys, if you have other ones who you really want to bring up. But let's get on stage. Let's cue the music uh, and let us welcome on. What did we do last week? Last week, we did a very rich person, didn't we? Have announced a very prim and proper. Yeah. I, I just like regular Pete. I think you just like regular Pete, Pete doing it? Good job <laughs> on this segment. <laughs> Sounds good. Just yeah. regular beat then. Uh, and let's do it then. We have, as our first nominee, Andrew Luck, who threw for 192 yards, and that was it. Uh, second nominee, Saquon Barkley, at 14 attempts for 31 yards and four receptions for 25. <laughs> Kalen Balaj is our third nominee, who had 12 attempts for 123 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams uh, is our fourth nominee, Filling in the Derrick Henry, replacing Derrick Henry as the guy who just did enough to get on your bench uh, and then put together a massive performance. Seven receptions for 76 yards, two touchdowns and one attempt, one rushing attempt for 19 yards and a touchdown. And then finally, your last nominee for this week's You Help No One Award, Adam Thielen, who had two receptions for 19 yards. Jordan, who are you picking as your nominee for this week? 
Um, so this is the topic on the podcast tonight that I can actually talk the most on uh, because <laughs> you guys will find out later. I didn't prep very much for this don't, one. Don't tell them. They never uh, figure uh, it out. Never, the crowd never knows. The they never know. So I'm going to go through my reasoning for every single one of these guys. <laughs> um, but leading up to the guy who I'm actually going to pick. So Adam Thielen, um, I think he's been sliding for the past three weeks, and I think that's just kind of the tax you pay for um, having a stud wide receiver who also lines up across from another stud wide receiver. You just got to expect those down weeks to happen. I'm sorry it happened during the playoffs, though. Uh, Mike Williams, that really only happened because Keenan Allen got hurt. No control over that. Um, Kalen Balaj, I think like 75 of those 123 yards came on one rushing attempt, so... I mean, he was probably on nobody's team, like 0.5% on. Saquon Barkley, again, that's the tax you get when you play on a team with Eli Manning. Eventually, he's going to put up a dud. But it goes to Andrew Luck for me this week. 192 yards passing, and the Colts defense, especially against the Jaguars, looked pretty anemic and have looked anemic recently. And uh, by virtue of Andrew Luck being the quarterback, that means the two other most important pers- people on that offense, Eric Ebron and T.Y. Hilton, got zero touchdowns as well. So, the Colts, Andrew Luck. The Colts scored 23 points, and yet T.Y. Luck and Eric Ebron all had horrible fantasy games. It was all just Marlon Mack. Andrew Luck is by far and away my pick as my nominee because, A, he directly impacted my team by giving me his eight effing points uh but also just because it's one of those things where you're like you look at it and you're like oh the Colts 23 points and uh, you know they're won the game handily good for them I'm gonna check the stats Andrew Luck definitely had had a good game 192 yards and nothing else come on Andrew yeah this is uh one on the long list of bad decisions that I made this weekend I started Andrew Luck over Aaron Rodgers which I'd been doing all year and I'd been right all year uh you know, also had T.Y. Hilton. You know, five for 85 is not bad. That's not terrible. Right? Like, it, it's okay. But it would, would have loved to see him get like one touchdown but, there. That would have been. But, guy, Andrew Luck, oh, it hurts. I, I, I'll i just leave it at that. Uh, yeah. No, that was – that was a that was a performance that I'm sure sunk a lot of people this but, week. But I mean the Saquon Barkley one is big also. The Saquon Barkley one yeah. is, is big. And I understand that Jordan, your concept of, of a tax that you pay for that player and for for that situation, but he had just been like killing it all the way. This is the first time that he just kind of dropped you a dud. It was like Todd Gurley last week, except for the fact that Todd Gurley Last week was against the Bears, who you're like, oh, okay, like that's the best defense in the NFL. I can make excuse for that. Who are the Giants playing this week? Uh, who are Stats and information, quickly doing research. Giants. No one watches the Giants. Uh, they're sure. playing the Tennessee football Titans. Oh, dear God. They played the Titans, and Saquon Barkley couldn't get you double-digit fantasy points. And Derek Henry. And Derek, the world destroyer Henry. Uh, uh, anyways. Unsurprisingly, if you go to faketeams.com where we have a poll, we do it every single week. You can vote. Uh, Andrew Luck scoring single digits despite the Colts putting 23 on the Cowboys wins. Uh, wins this week's You Help No One Award for just a terrible and crushing and demoralizing performance for everyone's fantasy team, which is why everyone now has a lot riding on this Monday night game and why you need massive performances from all these players in order to stay in your in your game uh in your guys's leagues 
Are you guys do you, are most of your playoffs uh, two games or is it just one game in in and you're out? It's just one for all of mine except for the RB one. RB one league, yeah. Yes, Damn. single elimination. Single elimination. I'm trying to figure out what's the norm because all my leagues are it's two NFL weeks per a playoff week, uh, and I'm trying to figure out if that's better or worse. Whether or not that's it's also, and I saw a tweet about this as we kind of go on a little tangent here. It is funny that the whole NFL, the fantasy season, is long enough to kind of like off balance, um, you know, luck and just like people getting hot and like it once you get into the playoffs so it, it really is just like luck because it's one game and you just i mean and i guess that's true for sports themselves and the way the playoffs are but it's just it's funny that you can thrive the entire year and then just get knocked out because you know you're playing someone who started derrick henry who got 47 points or andrew luck just has one crap game and you're like god damn it of course it comes when i need to be, be good i'm torn because like if you're in a single elimination game and you win, then great. You advance, you move on. But if you have to play another game like the next week and you end up losing then, like I wouldn't have gotten a championship in one of my leagues last year. If it hadn't been two weeks, Mm -hmm. I would have lost the championship right away. So like, I don't know. I'm torn on it. I kind of like the single elimination because it's just like, that's just the way it's been all year long. So just Just try to do your best, man. Do your best. (laughs) Yeah, in the Scott Fishbowl, I have been really riding a great string of luck. I had like the fifth or sixth most points for, but the best record in my division. I made it all the way to the finals this week and just got absolutely crushed. Oh, guys, Clayton Gray. I think he doubled my score. Oh, um, yeah, just my guys didn't hit. But like, whether it's one week or two weeks, I'm indifferent. I just want to know what the rules are at the beginning. I mean, I think if you played fantasy a thousand times, good players will win 600 times, but there's so much luck involved. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's just luck. It's just a, just, there's luck just generally in it. It's gambling. It's just, and gambling is luck. So there you go. As long as you don't have a week 17 championship, then yeah. do oh, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Let's, let's get, yeah. I, I have yet to, I haven't come across this person, but I'm just already in my head creating this person who tries to defend the week 17 uh, playoff. And I'm like, mm, well, we no. did like way, way, way back in the day, we had a week 17 championship because that's how long the season is. And then we did that for two years and we're like, this is dumb. We should move. Yeah. <laughs> have 16, it ended everyone agreed. Yeah. yeah so. Cause it just makes the most sense. Cause then you don't have to worry about shit. Uh, all right. Well, so there you go. There's uh, Andrew Luck. Not only did you have a terrible form with suck many persons leagues, uh, you also won. You helped no one this week. Uh, for the bulk of the pod, we are going to uh, talk about, since the fantasy playoffs are on everyone's mind, it's all anyone could talk about, we're going to give playoff fantasy playoff studs and buds uh, and peeling back the onion curtain. Clark had no idea what I meant by buds, so I wanted to explain. He thought it was buds like best friends, which – Still applicable, I guess. I mean, you, these could be guys you want to get beers with, but I was more intending buds, like a like a rose blossoming into a flower. Um, so the studs basically is uh, our fantasy uh, playoff MVPs up to this point, uh, and we're going to give a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, uh, and then the buds are guys who uh, we're predicting to be the top performers in Week 16. Maybe not the top top guys, but guys we think will have. Uh, a good week 
in this following week, likely the last week of most people's uh, fantasy season. So uh, just some names to keep track of. So we'll start with the studs and at quarterback and Clark, give us your QB who's been your fantasy playoff MVP up to this point. As alluded to earlier, I didn't quite understand the directions <laughs> uh, for the game. So I just have one person who's been a budding stud who I think is going to continue that run Perfect. into the playoffs. Perfect. So that counts. So your your um, your buzz and studs are one and the same. Right. Yes. Uh, so my quarterback for the segment is quarterback Danger Russell Wilson. Uh, if you were lucky enough to have the bye last week, uh when he laid an egg or if you managed to get through that game, his seven point performance against the Vikings uh, Wilson's bounce back against the Niners gave you uh, sixth best scoring at the time of this recording, the saints and Panthers haven't played. So at, at worst eighth gave you that top 12 finish with about 19 points in ESPN. Uh, and now Wilson goes on to face the chiefs in Sunday night football in a must-win situation. So I think his momentum is picking up. The Seahawks, I know they lost in overtime, are starting to look better and better as the playoffs close in. And I think Russell Wilson, if you manage to get through that rough week last week, is going to win a lot of Super Bowls for people this year. Yeah. No, obviously, I think you're I think you're right in the sense that his schedule is very nice. I mean, anytime you play KC, you're very happy with that. And the fact that they have Rashad Penny's injured uh, and their ground game has still always been, you know, they're still been affected with Mike Davis and, and filling in for Rashad Penny and, and that kind of three headed thing with Chris Carson. But I think they're going to put a little, start putting a little more emphasis and they have already a little more weight on Russell Wilson's shoulders, particularly in the passing game, which is always going to be stats and stats is great for the world of fantasy because that's what we play by. So good call. And it should be said, I should quickly say that, uh, because I want to make sure Clark has this is to make sure you're adding extra emphasis and extra preparation and being very select in who you pick as your buds. We're going to tr- keep track of our buds and we've const- each of us will have built through our four players that we pick a bud team and we'll see how well that bud team does in week 16. So not only will you have fantasy championships to take on, you'll also have the bud championship to take on. We'll see who is the best person at predicting their budding players for the final week of uh, football fantasy. So, so Leave Clark to- is riding Russell Wilson. Leave it to fantasy players to make a game into a game into another game. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing I love more than creating games. Uh, Jordan, who's your stud quarterback? And are uh, you also combining the two? Um, well, first, I'm I'm in on Russell Wilson, other than the complete dud where he crapped his pants against the Vikings. And earlier in the year when he played Arizona, he's had multiple touchdowns in every single game. Um, and he's always the rushing threat. So if you're one in one of those leagues where it's four points per passing touchdown and six per rushing touchdown, you got to like those odds. Which brings me to my bud quarterback, the number five ranked quarterback through ESPN this year, Mr. Cameron Newton. Um, he didn't score a touchdown last week against Cleveland. Okay, whatever. New Orleans, he's playing them right now, so we'll see how that goes. But in Week 16, they play the Atlanta Falcons. So even if he has another touchdownless game tonight, I'm still picking him to bounce back against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, at home, 
and Atlanta, as of right now, are dead last in defensive DVOA. Uh, they are 30th against the pass and 31st against the rush, so you can put up at least some yards on them. Uh, Cam Newton is my bud. That's a one. That's an interesting one because I'll see. I'll be curious to see how it plays out, especially tonight because they're playing right now. But it seems like for the last couple of weeks, Cam has not been fully healthy, and it's uh, limited his rushing. It's he's kind of been overthrowing throws and hasn't been looking as clean in his uh, release and all that kind of stuff. So if he does get healthy, obviously he's a fantasy monster, and you love the matchup against the Falcons defense. But if he's still a little banged up. You know, it's something to keep eyes on. It's a you know, it's a little risque, Jordan. I think if he's playing, then he can do something. Then he could do damage, especially against Atlanta. I think that kind of evens things out a little bit. It's fair. This is just a gut reaction because I did not prepare. (laughs) (laughs) I like Cam. Cam's the kind of guy that can go out any time and just light it up, even if he's had a couple of bad games in a row. Uh, so he's a big swing for the fences pick, and he's been a little banged up. But like Jordan said, if he plays, I wouldn't be surprised to see him hang a big number out there. Especially since if the Panthers are they, they haven't been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, have they? Could there be a world in which that they have like a, a viable path to the playoffs in Week 16? Like if they win tonight, I don't know all the calculations well, off the top of my head. If they win out, I think they have to be in because right. I think we talked about this. They have that just the oddest schedule where they play New Orleans twice in the last three weeks here, and also Atlanta in week 16. So that's three division games. You got to think like if they get to nine and wait, what's their record? Nine and six? Sure. They're or six and seven. Six and oh. seven. So yeah, if they get to nine and seven, I, I mean, that feels. Especially Fine. with two wins against the Saints, that'd be huge. They'd Especially, have to have some things happen, but it's not out of the question looking at the standings. The Eagles have seven wins. The Seahawks have eight. The Vikings have seven. So, yeah, they could get in there. I'm just – the only reason I bring it up is just because I could see something where Week 16 rolls around. Some things have fallen kind of nicely right for the Panthers so that, like – when they play the Falcons, it's not like, well, they're completely done. There's no reason to play anymore. And then Cam like puts together a miraculous MVP. Let's go balls to the wall and try to make it sneak into the playoffs to save Riverboat Ron's uh, career. Yeah, the breadsticks are Washington breadsticks are still in the Washington. NFC playoff picture. So I think the Panthers might be. Uh, God, the breadsticks well, are tumbling quickly. The team in Washington is seven and seven, so they already have a leg up on the. Uh... On the Panthers. But. Yeah, the Panthers just took a massive nosedive for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Went which out. Again was one. Went out. That's what's going to happen. Uh, since I created the game and thus understood the rules perfectly, I have two quarterbacks to talk about. One is a stud and one is a bud. Uh, my stud quarterback so far has been Josh Allen, and that's because he was available on waivers. Uh, and so you could get him just in time for the playoffs. So since he's come back, He's averaging almost 20 points per game in the last three weeks. And and I'm all about shock value. I like the fact that, you know, if you're causing chaos in the playoffs, look at that rhyme. I feel like that should be a slogan. Sorry, we're just getting distracted here. But that should be a slogan for some sports playoff run. Chaos in the playoffs. Brought to you by the NBA. Anyways. College football playoff committee on line one. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Um, 
But got to give credit where credit's due. I didn't think, I mean, I don't know who really thought that you were going to get legit fantasy value from Josh Allen this year, but he has been. And the biggest surprise to me has been his ability to like run the ball and be a very effective runner and make a throw here and there, but he's still a very raw passer. But I would say that he has probably won a lot of games for some people during the playoffs. My bud uh, going into next week is Baker Mayfield at quarterback. He's facing the Bengals, who are his second worst defense against QBs. And, you know, I just love me, love taking advantage of tor- terrible matchups. And he's at home, and it's another revenge game for him to stick it to Hugh Jackson from ditching um, slash getting fired. Uh, he had his best game of the year against them in week 12 on the road. And I expect him to just top that at home and just really drive the drive the knife into Hugh Jackson's back and pull it out and let the blood drip. Yeah, I like the Josh Allen play because it's sneaky good. Everybody should be looking at him, and he's on that like Lamar Jackson diet of getting consistent rushing yards or at least getting a rushing touchdown like he did um, against Detroit. And um, yeah, he I mean he's been he's been getting you points. It's virtually like playing a third or fourth running back, depending on what your flex looks like. Mm-hmm. And just and just like you were talking about with uh, with Cam Newton, those rushing touchdowns, it's an extra two points for touchdowns. So yeah, yeah, we've been on Josh Allen sort of early. Uh, the quarterbacks that run is are, are just cheating in leagues that don't in leagues that have pretty standard scoring. So you know, forty yards rushing is a hundred yards passing. Uh, yeah, it, it's that's that's. Huge advantage for the running back, so I like that one. And with Baker Mayfield, the Browns are finishing strong. We see this every year with a couple of bad teams who finish out the year, you know, just well enough to ruin their draft status for next year. And the Browns are definitely on that arc. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Browns have had enough uh, picking in the top ten picks too. <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, yeah, <laughs> only going to win five games, but but hey, at least they are currently have a better record than the Green Bay Packers. Am I right, Jordan? Oh, that, oh. Hey, you know what? Just hey. keep on losing. I'd rather, I'd rather lose at this point. See, I knew that. Excuse I knew when I'd, six games for the Browns. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Clark, Sorry, the four yourself. Browns fans that exist the f- <laughs> and that listen to this podcast. I knew that wouldn't be a, a cutting remark for Jordan because I know Jordan has already accepted the fate and is just just purely riding on bliss the fact that Mike McCarthy is gone uh, and that this team will be able to push that put that behind them moving forward into next year. And the I highest pick they got. They got two picks, two first-round picks this year. I didn't even want them to beat the Falcons. Like, don't get everybody's hopes up. Like, oh, we're going to make a playoff run now. We're still in it. No, just, just burn call. the bridge. Just, just suck. Uh, Clark, let's hear your running back, who's, I guess, also your stud and bud. My budding stud, Chris Carson, has been heating up as the fantasy playoffs have been uh, going. We've got five points or sorry, 10 points in week 13, 15 in week 14, and 20 points last week. Again, the Seahawks are starting to look like the scary Seahawks teams that people are not going to want to see in the playoffs, and Chris Carson is starting to get more and more work, and he, he's paying it off. So we're finally back to the Seahawks that are scary, which is Russell Wilson threatening to run, Russell Wilson hitting people deep, and then the Seahawks having a real banger in Chris Carson. So he's my back. That's going to be oddly on a bunch of Super Bowl champion teams. Yeah. And it's just nice too, to finally have clarity in that backfield to a certain extent. Like Chris Carson has always been 
kind of their incumbent starter, but he's just dealt with injuries the last couple of years that have been like pretty major. Like, didn't he break his leg or something a couple of years ago? I feel like um, that took him out for a stretch of time, clearly. But it's great to see him healthy and on the field and producing and being very explosive. And, and for fantasy purposes, it's just nice to have that a uh, little more clarity to that backfield. So you can be like, okay, yes, reliably Chris Carson's the guy to play. Yeah. Plus they play the um, Kansas city chiefs who are dead last in rushing DVOA. Yeah. Which is, it's good. That's a good thing to be dead. That, last. Is, that is a good thing. I know. That's, that's and he's alliterative. Thing. Chris Carson. Love it. Mm, mm. Clark, if you really loved that, I would have challenged you to have constructed all of your budding studs to be illiterate. Tiv, I was like, that's rude. <laughs> to, be, to be illiterate. To be illiterate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Find all the people who can't read and then put them on your team. Uh, Jordan, who's your running back? Oh man, I'm already going with one of my guys that's a BFF right now, and that's Mr. Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he plays the Washington Breadsticks next week. Um, it'll be a home game for the Titans, too, so I'm sure the home crowd will love watching that guy bumble and stumble like he did against Jacksonville. Uh, Washington is 25th in rushing DVOA, and I I just like it because I picked him up in the RB1 league right off of waivers. He's my bud, and I played him in the flex over Kenyon Drake, who I was going to play, but Ugh. guess what? He wasn't the feature back this week. And yeah, oh, good old and, Miami. And I, I just like having a Titan playing up against Clark. I think I think it makes him a little <laughs> upset. <laughs> it's not Gives a Jaguar. I'm not mad. It would have been really good. If was... I already foresee this as next year when we're doing draft prep. And oh, yeah. Like, I told you. Derrick Henry was good. Those last four games of the season, he was the RB1, and it'll just be me refusing to recognize new information. <laughs> no, he's not good. No. And we'll see if he turns out to be the Jaguars last year or if he turns back into a pumpkin and becomes the guy he's been for the past three years. I just So I don't remember the exact stretch from last year, but also last year he had like this insane. He did the exact same thing last year where he was just good all of a sudden. Yeah. He always has two or three games a year. And I think if you go back into the archives and listen to me and Pete debate, who's going to be better. I think I said exactly Derek Henry's going to have two or three good games, but that will be it. But last season they also came at this time too. I I like remember the exact like I remember the exact argument that you were saying, Clark. Where it's like, oh, don't you remember the last four games of the season where Derrick Henry was just running all over the field? Uh, it'll be I'll I and then, but this is the thing that confuses me. Okay, why Derrick Henry does this, and it's because he needs a heavy workload. He needs to you know he's an Adrian Peterson type back where his biggest whoa. Ro- whoa. Whoa. I'm saying in the sense, all right, old Adrian Peterson type back. Not like, not like. <sighs> Pete, I I'm going to be very selective in my wording right here. Right now. I'm, I'm being very selective. Derrick Henry is like 2017 18 Adrian Peterson. In that, you need to give him a lot of touches in order for him to start breaking those big yards because what happens is they tires out of defense. He gets going, gets his legs churning, starts getting a feel for the game, for the field, and then that's towards, that's why in like the third and fourth quarter when the defenses are tired and he's been bruising them all day, 
you see him break these big ass runs. Adrian Peterson now 2017, 2018 uh, is this is a similar way. And that's why he was not having success in new Orleans and why he was having mild success in Arizona and why he had a lot of success this year uh, for the Washington uh, uh, breadsticks, which Jordan, I commend you on that. Did you come up with that? Uh, no, I, me and my friends just came up with that one time because we, we think it sounds like the other word. Yeah, I like it. Um, the, the Jets, the Jaguars, who are who I thought they were, <laughs> not good. And the Giants. That though, These are the teams that he's had his good games against. I anyway, understand. I, understand. Wrong. I, I like when players are good, and I like being wrong when I say that players aren't good. But come, let, let's talk next year, halfway through the season, and see but my point. My point is, after clarifying exactly what I was expressing in regards to which Adrian Peterson I was referencing, uh, is just the fact that Derrick Henry, I feel like, is one of those backs where he needs 15-plus touches a game in order for him to be fully effective. And yet the Titans routinely pair him in a backfield with another running back. They had DeMarco Murray that got rid of him and then signed Deion Lewis, both of whom I really enjoy. They're great players. Um, but I don't think you can have a running back committee with a running with a back like Derrick Henry. It needs to be – that is his backfield. He is going to get like a Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott workload. Maybe you have someone there to, you know, be a little bit of a change of back, but you can't do a split backfield with someone like Derrick Henry. So I'll be curious to see if the Titans recognize this and maybe come into the season playing Derrick Henry with a little more focus uh, rather than being like, we're going to try to do this split backfield thing. Anyways, that should be all that I have. My uh, running back stood. Uh, it's honestly, Der- I mean, Derrick Henry is the, is the obvious pick, but I would argue that he is not the fantasy mvp so far for the playoffs because no one started him for his week 14 game where he went off against the jaguars so that's 47 points that was just sitting on your bench slash on the waiver wire instead joe mixon's my pick because everyone has been starting joe mixon and he's gotten better as they've gone deeper into the playoffs he had 11.5 ppr points week 13 24.8 in week 14 and 27 this past week. Uh, While the Bengals themselves, that offense has just been putrid. Joe Mixon has like quietly been putting together a very strong season, uh, both statistically and, and fantasy football wise. And so I would say he is, he's my pick for the stud of the fantasy playoff so far at the position. My bud at running back, it's not necessarily like a, a super surprising pick, but it's Dalvin Cook. I think Mike Zimmer knew what he was doing when he fired John DeFilippo. Uh, the running game was very strong this week, and I think that continues against a bad Lions defense. They just looked like they had a revig- revitalized sense of like how to get the ball moving and get the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands. Dalvin Cook has looked good. I think he's kind of finally fully recovered from the ACL uh, and and hopefully now the run game is going to flourish and he'll be able to kind of keep riding for it. And I think that he'll have another good week against the Lions. So there you go. There's my bud and my stud. Um, agreed on the, the Joe Mixon take for sure because, I mean, Jeff Driscoll's his quarterback and there's no A.J. Green. There's no Andy Dalton. There's no Tyler Eifert. There's Tyler Boyd, maybe like there's not a whole lot of other options for the Cincinnati Bengals team. So if you can have a workhorse back on your team, then Joe Mixon has been a very solid. And it's amazing that he's been so effective, even with like what you're saying, there's no one else on that offense. So you think defenses would just be like, all right, all we got to do is shut down Joe Mixon. Yeah. Joe Mixon has continued to produce. So I'm impressed by that. I like Dalvin cook looked fantastic last week. So good. 
and Minnesota just kind of looked out of sorts, and it's it's always stupid to kind of lay that blame at one coach's feet. I mean, at the end of the day, the head coach is responsible for what happens on the team, but sometimes moving on from a coach can make the team look a lot better, and so Dalvin Cook looks like he's recovered from his injury. We're, we're spoiled with ACLs. We've turned it into a seven-month in- injury, and for a lot of 23-year-old guys, it is, but Sometimes it takes the year and a half that it's supposed to. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what we're seeing with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's really true. I think that he's starting to become fully healthy now and is is and also it's not only just like a full like physically healthy, it's also mentally healthy. Like yeah. it's it's like being able to then trust yourself that you trust your knee that this is going to hold up when you make that like super sharp plant or when you get hit and all that jazz. I hate to draw comparisons from me out of shape, uh, <laughs> aging person who wears version of Guadalupe hat for good luck and superstar athlete. But I, I had uh, dislocated my patella and it takes a long, long time for you to think that everything's okay. Well, after it is. So yeah. these couple of games might really help him go into the off season strong. The mental test is, is certainly there. Uh, Clark, who is your budding stud at wide receiver for the playoffs? Budding stud at wide receiver, we talked about Josh Allen earlier, and so we're going to talk about Robert Foster, the coming-out-of-nowhere wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he put up 104 yards in week 14, and then last week did better than that, putting up, or this week, I guess, however you want to put it. Week 15, put up 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and most importantly to me, was uh, removed from my lineup a mere hour before the game started in favor of Jordy Nelson because Jordy's such a nice boy. I Jordy's just can't such a stop nice it. guy. I just can't stop. Ugh. I 100% agree with you on Robert Foster. Actually, he's my – he's spoiler – my wide receiver bud. Um, I'm all, I'm fully on board, not only just because of the points that you said where he's just been very productive and is, is like – very neatly found a role in this Bills offense. Like it's he's the perfect complement to Josh Allen, who loves to chuck the ball down the field. And Robert Foster has recorded like 300 yard games in the last five of them. Plus, fun story, everyone. He's playing the Patriots defense, which just freaking sucks. Uh, I have a I, note here that the Bills face the Patriots in week 16, and the Patriots defense hasn't scared anyone since Teddy Bruschi retired. Ooh, yes, sir. Um, yeah, I know. I know they're going to give up like an eighty-yard bomb to him, and it's literally going to uh, cause my hair to fall out, and I will probably uh, shout obscenities on both in the world and also on Twitter. Uh, but it's coming, and I'm going to. It's going. I'm going to feel mildly smallish, a teeny bit better if I've started him everywhere, and that at least I'm getting some fantasy production off of my sorrow. Set it and forget it, Clark. Always set it and forget it. I know. Yeah, but, can't, um, can't tinker. I'm, I'm excited to see over like the course of the next year or so to see if Robert Foster evolves into something a little bit more than a deep threat. Uh, that, that's something I'll be keeping my on, eye on during the offseason. I saw, I heard something crazy, and I'm probably misquoting this because this now that I'm repeating it sounds absolutely insane. But I think it's true that he was <laughs> Robert Foster has more receiving yards than any other rookie in the history of the NFL. Yes, that sure was it. Right. But. Was I right? I was right. Cool. That he uh, that he has more receiving yards now in the NFL than he had throughout college, which that might be true if he played I, for Alabama, who doesn't, doesn't throw, throw the ball. that much. 
and he also went undrafted because I think he might have off the field issues. I don't know. But uh, anyways, I thought that was an <laughs> if he went undrafted, it's because he wasn't fast enough to overcome those issues, as we've seen. Exactly. That's true. Yes. If Take yours. that NFL. Ooh, burn. Um, Jordan, who's your stud slash bud slash combo for wide oh, receiver? I came up with a stud and a bud. Ooh! Or a, a bud and a dud. Is that what we're doing? No, we're... <laughs> okay, good. I was like, damn, I'm the only one who didn't get it. Nope. We're doing studs and buds. I can't. Okay. The, the listeners can't see my hand motions, but they really help. It does, like, all joking aside, it makes it much clearer when you can see. Yeah, I should have been clearer what I meant by buds. <laughs> okay, buds. Um, you know what? I think it's pretty easy to say that Adam Thielen will have a bounce back week next week. Um, they play the Detroit Lions, um, and Minnesota's kind of still hunting for a playoff spot. Uh, they haven't gotten anything locked up just yet since the Bears won the NFC North. Um, they will need to grab one of those wild cards, which is not going to be easy. Um, so I think Adam Thielen has a bounce back game against a Detroit secondary that ranks 31st against the pass. Um, yeah, that's my, my stud. I, I know that's not going out on too far of a limb, but I feel like Adam Thielen recently has been more missed than hit. So that's fair. I also just, I mean, I, I hate to break it to you, Jordan, but. I can already tell you now that Adam Thielen's not going to have a good game next week because the Vikings are going to give Dalvin Cook the ball 50 times. So <laughs> there's just not going to be opportunities then to throw to him. Yeah, that's what you want to do with somebody who tore his ACL last year. <laughs> just give him the rock 50 times. I, I think I'm not a Viking on, fan. I think calling and relying on the bounce back game is one of the hardest things to do in the fantasy playoffs. You saw a guy just put up two points and you managed to get past it and then you have to go to for it again. That for me is one of the hardest things in the world to do. It's also the reverse is also for whatever reason, I've like fully talked myself into the fact that like lightning never strikes twice. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't pick up Derrick Henry and start him this week is because I was like, Derrick Henry is going to do exactly what he always does, which is we'll have one big game and then give me absolutely nothing. And I'm going to have wasted a spot. And then what do you know? He has a huge game, but yeah, no, I agree with you, Clark. Like the, when especially when it's like an integral player to your team, they have a bad game and you're like, Oh God, I need this win. All right, Adam Thielen, you got me here. I'm just going to put you in and I'm going to trust you. And I should have done that with David Johnson. That's why I took him out because he hadn't really done anything to for me the last two weeks. And, and said it was Leonard Fournette who let me down just like the Jaguars. I could have told you. I know you could have. Should have talked about that on the pod. I should have. This time of year, it is hard to trust lightning being captured in a bottle twice in a row. Um, super lucky with the Derrick Henry one, but I, I would caution people drafting or picking up Mike Williams in case he's available. Um, and if Keenan Allen can't go next week, I still don't trust Mike Williams because they play the Ravens. And uh, Marlon Humphrey looked super freaking good against Mike Evans this past weekend. Um, but I think me as a player, even if Adam Thielen put up a two-point score and I still somehow eked out a playoff win, I'm just going to keep going with what got me there throughout the season. Like just ride or die. Uh, the process. 
Jordan, for you, my stud, my fantasy stud for the fantasy playoffs uh, has been Devontae Adams. Who's, I'm all about consistency, and he scored 20 points uh, at least in every playoff game that you've had and has had at least 11 targets in all of them. So even in the Packers dumper, dumpster fire season, uh, Devontae Adams has emerged as a top five wide receiver. So there you go. Take that into next year. You know what? Even if Rodgers, like, even if they sit him for the remaining two weeks of the season, which, I mean, they very well could do that for all starters, even Aaron Jones, who hurt his knee, I still like Devontae Adams with a backup quarterback because he put up some pretty big numbers last year with uh, predominantly Brett Hundley. Yeah. So I still like it. And that's an RB1 podcast special. We were all on Devontae Adams at the beginning of the year. Um, So, yeah, good for us. Good for us, man. Pat ourselves on the back. All right, let's hit up that tight end position that everyone cares about so much. Uh, Clark, who's your stud slash budding stud? You have no one. Uh, who knows? Because <laughs> because we're keeping score. Yes. And I haven't been watching the game, so I'm going to go with Ian Thomas, who I'd spoke about on you know uh, Wednesday's podcast. Cam Newton uh, really likes to rely on his tight end when he can. I think that we're starting to see an uptick in Christian McCaffrey's usage over the past five, six, seven weeks because Cam has figured out like, yeah, throwing to Greg Olson is great, but if I throw it to this little guy, he can really make some things happen. Uh, And so as Cam kind of develops, he's going to start relying on McCaffrey more, but Ian Thomas has had a couple of good games with Greg Olson out and I'm trying to not curse on the pod now that I know that you have to edit out. So we'll change it to my first line was who the F knows if you don't have Kittle or Kelsey, like, I don't know, Cook. But that seems. Now you're trusting the Raiders, which I got burned on this week for trusting that Doug Barton was going to take advantage of a shitty Bengals defense. So for the record, Ian Thomas, and we'll see. Nice. Jordan, who do you have? It's tight end stud, dud, fantasy, blood, muddy, fud. Uh, come back to me okay sounds good uh my tight end and you can't call it cheating because guess what he's a running back and a tight end on yahoo jalen samuels bitches <laughs> like mixing uh he's just also gotten better as the deeper you've gotten to fantasy um and just i i know he's basically only played running back for for the steelers but I guess on Yahoo, he's also listed as tight end, so you can play him as that. So there you go. That's not only my stud, but I'm going to also make him my bud uh, because my other bud was Austin Hooper, but I don't want to talk about the Falcons, so I'm just going to ride the Jalen Samuels train until it crashes and burns into a pit of oblivion. On a side note, I was curious because we've seen um, we've seen James Conner and we've seen now Jalen Samuels all have success in the Steelers' offense. Do you think that this is this whole – the running backs that the Steelers have have walked out. Do you think that uh, and their in their performance? Do you think that that has hurt Le'Veon Bell's market value? That that's going to deter teams, or teams are going to be like, well, maybe it wasn't all Le'Veon Bell being amazing. Maybe he's just running back is a position that you can kind of plug anyone into. I'm honestly tired of debating whether or not Le'Veon Bell made the right decision. I would rather more talk about why we can't pay player or nfl players more money just generally and i i feel like it's just becoming like a sticking point with Le'Veon bell every time the steelers do something good running the ball like i'm not saying because be a sticking point because the nfl is a legalized monopoly jordan but yeah that's fine yeah i mean i'd rather talk about that than 
yeah. Le'Veon. Right. Again. I'm not saying it was a bad decision by Le'Veon Bell. I think it was the right decision for Le'Veon Bell. I'm just, I was just curious as to whether or not that, that just the fact that these, both of these guys have had pretty good success in the Steelers offense, whether or not you think that will deter some teams or some teams will be like, well, maybe we reconsider. I still think that there are going to be teams, most notably the Jets. I am going to already say now I would put good money on Le'Veon Bell going to the Jets because I think the Jets are that team that's going to have a lot of cap space that are going to want to get a weapon around for uh, Sam Darnold, and they're also just going to feel like they need to do something big and explosive to like return to relevancy, and getting Le'Veon Bell in that backfield would be nice. I think there's like reproduced production from the Steelers. There's that side of the argument. But then I think you got to look at what like Saquon Barkley um, has done for the Giants. What he's doing for the Giants and how he's like just that pass catching running back um, who you could turn around and hand the ball off to as well. And like imagine if he was actually on a contender right now, like people would be very fearful. So I, I think there's two sides of the spectrum. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm with Jordan. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, and y'all covered it. Like, <laughs> both people can be right. Like, a good running back in an explosive offense, like, just a, a good mid level running back is going to look really good. And we don't know if that's James Conner or not, but we know that Le'Veon Bell is an amazing athlete. Yeah. We'll no, see. Yeah. I was just proposing the question. I, Let's talk about that Monopoly thing. Good offseason. Yeah. Pod. Good offseason. Yeah. Oh, we'll Ooh. talk about that in the offseason. Oh, the NFL is just a, a greedy functioning legal monopoly uh jordan did you come up with a tight end or yeah you know what i really like um consistently how he's performed all year and that's hunter henry for the los (laughs) angeles chargers and especially what he did last week against the kansas city chargers or the kansas city (laughs) (laughs) just taking the taking the bit even further I I did not even call them the San Diego Chargers, but I went in a completely different direction. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I I think Evan Ingram might be heating up a little bit. Um, they do play the Indianapolis Colts, who I believe are roughly who are jerks twenty twenty third against tight ends. Um, so they've been struggling a little bit in the passing game against tight ends, and um, you know if. If Odell Beckham can't go next year or next week, he was kind of like a surprise scratch late in the week. Um, then it looks like some of those targets are going towards Evan Ingram. He had three catches for 77 yards against Washington and then eight catches for 75 against um, the Tennessee Titans. So he might be kind of finding his footing again within the offense after being injured basically all year. It's yeah, a gamble, though. It would be nice if he got healthy because we had, or at least I had, big expectations for him this season. Yeah. has not panned out. Only two touchdowns on the year, which is Eesh, rough. Not good. A lot of five-win teams. The Giants are really going to have to turn it off here if they're going to expect to get a quarterback in next year's draft. That's a good point. I Yeah. Good point, Clark. Not necessarily. Oh. Might get another running back, you think? Yeah, I've heard I these running back monster. are all the hot things. I don't think they have to go that high um, to get a quarterback because well, I don't think the quarterbacks this year are going to match the class from last year. And this is like a really good Jordan draft this coming year because there's a lot of like really solid defensive players and edge rushers. And um, there's like two quarterbacks that might go in the first round. I also think that if you look at the teams that are all going to be picking likely above the giants, there's not a lot of teams that need a quarterback. 
uh, a lot of them need defensive line play. And so I think, I think you're right. I think you're going to see a lot of defensive linemen go, but you're not necessarily in the quarterbacks, whatever three or two or whatever one of them is touted as the guy this year might fa- fall down into the giants laps. Cause like who sitting at the top of the draft needs a, uh, needs a, a quarterback. I mean, like the Cardinals already have a quarterback. 49ers already have one. Uh, the Jets and the Bills will be towards the top of the draft as well. The Jets already have one. The Raiders, I mean, if you like Derek Carr, I mean, maybe you take a quarterback there, but I think you also got to go defense there. Jaguars yeah. would take a quarterback. I think the Raiders are just going to trade that pick for a second round pick. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. It's the effect of like a lot of quarterbacks going last year and a lot of good teams underperforming with like okay quarterbacks at least right exactly like you know you're gonna have the you're gonna have the falcons in the top 10 you're gonna have the lions in the top 10 you're gonna have uh yeah i mean i'm just looking right now at, at like the uh predict predicted uh order you have cardinals raiders jets niners jaguars falcons lions and then giants and only the jaguars are going to get it take a quarterback the raiders could take a quarterback anyways the jaguars time. are like the only team that wouldn't need to necessarily benefit by drafting a defensive player too. Right. So it's like quarterback is their route. That's what they have to do. Right. And giants. I don't know, man. We got, uh, of course his name escapes me right when I start talking, the man who plays for the Raiders Ravens, Lamar Miller, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar uh, Miller, there's it. who will be a, uh, free agent, Joe Flacco, Come Joe Flacid. It would be very Jaguars to get like a guard and Joe Flacco. It actually may not be about it. We'll have plenty of room to talk draft. <laughs> Clark's like, that would be the Next dumbest year. thing. Well, actually, you know what? There's not that stupid. Let's wrap it up, Pete. I, don't, I, got, I got a game to watch. <laughs> okay, sounds good. That doesn't uh, work if I'm not at the bar. <laughs> got to be paying attention for the for the hat to, to have full effect. Yeah. Excellent. Well, there you go. Uh, some studs and some duds, for, or not even duds, some studs and some buds from the uh, fantasy playoffs. So you're welcome, everyone. And we'll be tracking our team of buds, and we'll see who's the better one at predicting uh, blossoming flowers. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher and on SoundCloud if you want to listen to us there. Uh, leave us a review. Give us five stars. Tell us you love us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete and Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore smith 27 we will be back at you guys on thursday to talk week 16 starts and sits uh and then don't forget after that it'll just be a little holiday break and then we're going to go to our once a weeks because it's the nfl off well not the off season but it's the fantasy off season then we'll get to the nfl off season and we don't get paid enough to do this twice a week during uh, the non-fantasy season so there you go but until thursday peace